It's Greg Collins, Substitute Teacher's Lounge. You know, I was asked last week by a listener, you know, you've had so many episodes, I don't know if I can go back and watch them all. What can you tell me to make me a top-level substitute teacher? Well, I say it's time we hit some highlights. All right, guys, you know, we're in the middle of July now. This is the July 17th, 2022 episode. After I was asked this question about being a next level substitute teacher, I'm thinking, well, you know, it may be difficult to go back and kind of pick and choose the episodes and hit the highlights. So I thought I'd do a little bit of that today. I won't hit all the detail that I've hit in times past, but it will be enough that if it piques your interest, you could go back and then watch those shows. Now, I've got some assumptions, and then I'm going to tell you how I've changed in, you know, this is episode number, what are we up to, 168 or something to that effect? I've changed over the years, and those of you that listen every week, you know that, but I'm going to hit the whys and the hows. Let me start off right by saying right off the bat, I'm going to assume, as always, that if you've taken the time to listen to this podcast, you are a substitute teacher that wants to be at the next level, and we'll talk about what that is. I don't think... If you're a substitute teacher that just wants to get by, that just wants to do the minimum, well, then you're probably not listening to a podcast anyway. So here's what I'll say to start off. There's no doubt if I want to look at a genre of podcast episodes that I know will always get a lot of listens, it's when we talk about discipline. I won't talk about that so much today, but I I bring that up just to make a point. Even given all that, even though maybe seven of the top ten listened to episodes is about discipline, number one and number two are not. Number one is, as you might expect, the very first episode from, I guess that was June of 2019, and number two was the second episode, and now it's quite a bit behind number one, but number two is basically about how do I get those substitute teaching jobs before the others. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but my main emphasis here is what you need to be doing so that you're at that next level. Next level, I'm going to assume, is you wanting to get a good reputation as a substitute teacher. So here's how we're going to start out. I'll take you through my thought process from the very beginning, the way I started out, what I wanted to get to, and how I've kind of backed out on that little bit. And I will say this, one thing that I will encourage you to go back and look for is the episode on leverage, because I use some leverage now, maybe to the point that I've... If I've upset any of the school administrators or any of the teachers, they sure aren't letting me know that because to this day, everybody I've worked with has been, I'll say it like this. This is probably the most appropriate way to say it. The schools I've taught at most 
and the teachers I've taught most for, even if I've backed out on them a couple of times, they still continue to ask me back, and I'm forever grateful for that. When I started Substitute Teaching, the podcast started in 2019, but I started Substitute Teaching November of 2018. At that point, I wanted every possible tool available to me to become a good substitute teacher and to get to those jobs before anyone else, assuming that I was going to be playing that substitute teacher lottery where we're trying to get alerted of teaching jobs. We've talked about that at least a little, even a couple of weeks ago, but I still use subalert. Back then, I depended on subalert. I wanted it to show me. It would notify me as quickly as there was a job available. It's set up basically on a one-minute refresh, so the most you would be waiting for a notification is 60 seconds. It's on, I think it's on the minute, so if you would only wait 60 seconds if that teacher posted that absence right after they had already refreshed. If they posted it five seconds before they refreshed, well, then you would be able to get to that within five seconds. Average is probably 30. I mean, if you just take an average of all those, Subalert's going to tell you about a job opening within 30 seconds of when the teacher posts it. If you like it, accept it. Teachers will love you for that. They'll love knowing that They've got that position filled. It's a really big deal now, more so than before COVID, because it's harder right now for them to find good substitute teachers than it used to be back before we had the pandemic. So get subalert. Now, here's how my substitute teaching career, it's in parentheses, not parentheses, apostrophe, whatever. I hope my English is off for the summer, I guess. Quote, I'll just call it quotes. When I first started out, I wanted to teach, you know, anything that would come along, basically. I wanted to teach whatever job was the first one to come open. Very rarely did I turn a job back in. I took the first one that came open. I was good to go. Hopefully, I got that the night before so that I could kind of get a mindset and get a good night's sleep rather than having to wake up the next morning and just play that substitute teacher lottery again. I did that for several weeks. I established a good reputation. I'll talk about that a little bit later. I established a good reputation, and it wasn't only a few months later, I think in January, I start November, and in January, there was a school that was already asking me to be a long-term sub for... It was the week before spring break through the end of the school year. So that was really long term. And, you know, all the time I'm thinking, man, that I've already achieved one of my goals. Now I'll know where I'm going every day. Now I'll know my routine every day. I'll be able to prep all that good stuff. And I did enjoy it. Then I got to the point where there were several people that would call me, people that would want me to work long term and I'd already be working somewhere else. I was getting more jobs from text messages and phone calls than I was from following subalert. And I really ended up working long-term roles for almost two years. And then, you know, you got to remember, I retired from accounting in 2018. So 
when my wife retired in August of 2021, and we decided by January that we wanted to take some time off and do some vacationing, well, it just so happened I had just ended one long-term role. I was going to have another long-term role beginning in February, so January was the month to do it. Now, the problem was we had too much fun. We're spending our retirement money. We had too much fun. And I still liked substitute teaching when I was back. I just didn't want to be back as much. And I took a long-term role knowing that. And then all that time I'm thinking, man, I don't know if I want to work as long as they want me to. There's some things I wanted to do. Then I became aware of access to some tickets to a basketball tournament I wanted to go to. I didn't want to just take a week off to do that. I wanted to tell them, listen, guys, this is the mindset I'm in now. I'm retired. My wife's retired. There's things I want to do. And I think I want to step down from long-term roles. They had to fill in for me. They understood. They called me back several times before the end of the school year after I got back. So, Here's my progression then that I'm telling you about. My substitute teacher career went from signing up for a day at a time, working through phone calls and text messages, usually long-term for two and a half years, and now I'm back to working a day at a time, and that's the way I want it. Maybe I want to have every Monday off, or maybe I want to have every Friday off. Maybe I want to have a day right in the middle of the week off. Maybe if there's a movie coming on that I just want to go see this afternoon, I'll just take that day off. So I've come full circle. I talk about it a little bit in that leverage episode, but that's how you know you're a top-level sub is if you're getting to the point that everybody is asking you to fill in their spot. Now, I'll be honest with you. I could have probably filled it. If I was a low-level sub, I hate to say that. I don't know if there's any low-level subs. If I was not one of the, I don't know, top five, top ten subs in the county, in the school system where you are, they probably still had to use you this year. But that's my progression. So here's what I would then say you should do to be a top-level sub. I'm going to assume most of you all maybe want those long-term roles. I'm going to say only a very few of you are retired from another discipline and now substitute teaching. I'd say we got a lot of retired teachers, and maybe you do want to work every day, and more power to you. You want those long-term roles. But here's what you need to do to get to that top-level sub attitude. First of all, Always go a little bit beyond what's asked. Now, that probably sounds a little bit corny now that I say that. That would apply to a sports team, anything like that. But think about it. And always it works best if I just give you an example. I was in a middle school, I think it was a seventh grade class, maybe sixth grade, and we were studying a particular topic, and my instructions were on that day to have them read an article, or they were being honest with me, it might be better, might go over better, I should say, if I read it to them myself and then had them answer the questions. Well, I chose to do the latter. I could have done the easy way. I could have just told them to read it and answer the questions. 
Or I could have read it. I could have told them about my experiences. At my age, I could have told them how I remembered it just so happened. It wasn't Civil War, of course, but it was something that happened recently enough in my lifetime is that I either remembered it or remember reading about it as a child. And I read the material to them. It was probably about 20 minutes of reading. The cool thing is, one of the things that happened during that day, as you know, there are classes when you sub that you're going to have a paraeducator or a co-teacher in there with you to just provide some additional help if needed for some students. And one of those classes, that was exactly what happened. Well, that particular paraeducator saw what I was doing, saw that I was going just a little bit beyond. All I was doing was reading. It's not like I had influenced the kids so much that they were cheering and dancing on the way out of the room because they enjoyed class so much. It was just I was given that little bit extra effort, and it got noticed. The educator, I think she texted the teacher while the class was still going on, and she said, listen, you need to Remember this guy's name. He does a good job in the classroom. Well, that's the first step. Just go beyond what you're asked to do. That serves well in life. Again, that makes it sound corny, but that's really the reason. Do a little bit more or a lot more, depending on your level of expertise or your level given the knowledge of whatever's going on in that class at the time. Do a little bit more, a lot more, but always do more than what's asked. And even if you don't have a paraeducator in there with you, you know what those kids are going to do the next day? She's going to ask, kids, did you all read the assignment in class yesterday? And they're going to say, yeah, Mr. Collins actually read it to us, and we answered questions as we went, and he shared stories with us. There's always going to be some students in there that would tell the teacher that. So guess what? You got bonus points. You're moving towards that next level sub. You're not wanting to be mediocre. You're wanting to do as best a job possible, and that's probably going to keep those teachers asking you back. The next thing, and this happened at a middle school, and this is not something that I did to be a top-level sub. It's somebody I it's something that I observed another substitute teacher doing, and I wanted to share it because I don't want to come on here and just talk about things I've done because there's things that I've seen other subs do that obviously want to be a top-level sub that I probably won't do. I'll just basically honestly, it's a little bit beyond the effort given my personality and my degree of creativity. Maybe that's the best way to say it. But I was at a school, and I'm going to try to do more of this because I'm going to try to get more into elementary school next year. I'm going to expand my comfort zone a little bit next year. But I was at a middle school. I was across the hallway. You know I'm somebody that likes to stand out the hallway, get to know as many kids as I can, speak every morning, saying hello, all that good stuff. Well, this particular teacher came down the hallway, very friendly. She nodded at me. I nodded at her. We spoke a little while, and she was pulling like a little, probably I was going to say a dolly or it was probably more of like a, the old-fashioned luggage carriers, and she had 
one of those, I still call them milk cartons or milk crates because they used to use them back in the day to put cartons of milk. And I guess they still do at the grocery store, but we used to decorate with them. I think I had some at college. Anyway, she had it loaded down with stuff because she had been subbing in an art class and she wanted to bring in some artsy type things because the art teacher told her that she could. So she went beyond the norm and did what a next level substitute teacher would do. She wheeled in things for them to work on. She wheeled in a couple of projects she'd done as a kid, which those kids thought were so cool. And I knew from an instant that this teacher really wants to do well. I saw all the kids greeting her. I'll be honest, more of them greeted her than greeted me. And that's okay. Now, I would do maybe a little of that. If I knew I was teaching a math class, I would maybe bring in some math problems that, you know, more than just problems, like puzzles, mind puzzles. I might have some things in my back pocket, some tricks. I always like to do that trick where I can add up five, I guess it's six, five-digit numbers that they've reeled off to me, and I can I w- predict what the number would have been before we even started writing them down of the, of the sum total. So once you start wanting to be a top-level sub, be ready to bring in extra stuff. Bring in your own stuff. Bring in the stuff that, in addition to, now you got to be careful, and there are some teachers like this. There's some full-time teachers that will tell you, don't bring any of your stuff. I want you to do just my stuff. To be honest, I haven't run into one, but I know from the Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook page that they're out there. So, Do it discreetly. Most of the teachers will think that's great. Do it at least in this way. If you can think of a clever way, I'm not going to suggest anything. I want you to come up with it on your own. If you can think of a clever way, if you're going to do a class that you've never been to before, a clever way to introduce yourselves to them, whether it be puzzle, hangman, I don't know. You're the clever people out there. Come up with a clever way of introducing yourself. But to go to be a top-level substitute teacher, you need to bring in some of your own stuff. Be prepared to come up with ways that those kids will remember you. Because guess what? If it's cool, even if it's funny, I, I lean more towards the funny side, to be perfectly honest. Whatever, whatever gets you remembered, guess what? Those kids, they probably won't even be asked by the teacher. They will tell the teacher the next day, hey, that sub was really cool. They did this. That lady, I'm, you know, the kids that were hugging her were the ones in the class, and I thought that was so cool. They didn't <laughs> notice one of the classes. They weren't even finished when the bell rang. They were, re- you know, most of the, let, let's face it, most of the classes that you teach, don't they kind of line up at the door or they're at least closing up shop or whatever right before the bell rings? These kids were still working because they enjoyed that sub so much. So bring in some of your own stuff. Be prepared to go to the top level by showing how much you want to be a substitute teacher in that room and how much you want to be a participant in helping those kids 
get their classwork done, helping them get educated. The last thing I'll mention is something that we all struggle with, but something we all need to get better at. You don't want to be the sub that was in a class that when a real potential drill happened, let's call it a fire drill. Let's just say that there was a fire in the kitchen, but given the protocol, a small fire, let's say it got put out quickly. I don't want to put you know thoughts in anybody's head. Just a small, a small fire, but one nevertheless that the building had to be evacuated. You don't want to be the sub that doesn't know what they're doing. You don't want to be the sub necessarily that said, asked, looked out to the students and says, all right, which way do we go? You want to know that before those students come in. Here's how you do that. All teachers, some are much organized about it than others, but all teachers will have a subfolder. Most of them keep their emergency information in that subfolder. So first of all, if you're going to be a top-level sub, get there as early as you possible, possibly can. If you're not that kind of person, become one of those people. Set your alarm 15 minutes early if you have to so that you get there in time to review that material before the kids get, get, get there so that you know. You can, now, you could confirm. You could say, all right, guys, the book looks like that it said to go down this way to evacuate. Am I correct? And they will let you know. You could play the goofy part and just follow the rest of the crowd, but you want to make sure that you understand what you're supposed to do in an emergency. There's several different emergencies. Most schools do them in one day at the beginning of the year, and then they're required to do them, I think, once a month. Hopefully, you're there on a day where they do the drills, and you can get better at that. Here's what you don't want to have happen. You don't want to have to go through something like that and something not go as smoothly as it should because you didn't take the time to learn anything. You had to train, too. You would have trained on it as well. I hope you didn't just turn the volume down on all the videos and go do something else just to get credit. But do that. Make sure you're not the kind of sub that gets talked about because you didn't know what to do in an emergency situation. And, you know, you should have known what to do. So that's the last thing I'll tell you. You want to be that top-level sub, bring in your own stuff, make sure you're prepared for everything, and always go. To me, the most important thing was the first thing I said. Always go beyond what the teacher asks to do. And let's all, as we get into August 2022, let's all see if we can't be one of those top-level subs. Even if it's just for selfish reasons, it'll move you to the top of the teacher's preferred list.